I think we are live. We are live. So, so Kelly, let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever just had money one day and then the next day it just kind of flew away? <laughs> oh, yeah. Talk to my papa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for everybody listening, have you ever just had money one day and then all of a sudden it just flew away? Like, bam, poof, it was just gone. Into, into the ether. <laughs> oh. Now, now, Thomas is saying, please don't sing. I, trust me, no one wants to hear that, Thomas. So, we, yeah, we definitely want, won't do that. Now, Shri is saying, if I sing, will I dress up? What do you mean, like a, a tuxedo? You mean like a tuxedo? I could be a part of the Rat Pack, right? Yeah, I could be a part of the Rat Pack. With a pink bow tie. Pink. Ooh, I love pink bow ties now. I love my bow ties. Now, Shri is saying she feels that way about her daughter. So your money just flies away. Thomas is saying the same thing. If you have kids, your money flies away all the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your money is gone when she's around, Shri. Why do you keep her around? <laughs> That was a bad joke. <laughs> that was a very bad joke. Very, very you, bad joke. Yeah, I guess you kind of have to keep them around. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you brought them in this world and you can't really take them out. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. uh, ooh, you can. I guess you can. That wouldn't be a smart thing to do or a wise thing to do. So now, Kelly, when's the last time you shipped a package? Oh, Oh, you know what I just did? This was bizarre. So someone in Canada wanted a copy of my book. <laughs> I had to mail it yeah, with a customs form. It cost me so much more mm -hmm. to mail a book to Canada. Um, like it was less than me sending it via Amazon to Canada. So I did it that way. Plus oh. I wanted it signed in pink ink. So, but no more Canadian or overseas books because the customs forms. And this comes from someone who used to work for customs. So... Yeah. Ah, now I wonder what Bonita thinks about that shipping a book from the U.S. to Canada. She is our trade compliance specialist. Mm -hmm. So I shipped a package yesterday or the day before, and I shipped it overnight because Thomas and I. So Thomas and I sometimes we we work together, and sometimes we bid on projects to do internal audit outsourcing and socks and all that good stuff so i was sending off a proposal I was sending off a proposal and the fine folks at the ups store they were very nice but you know to send packages overnight is quite expensive it's quite expensive i probably could have driven it myself now people are probably wondering why am i talking about shipping and money flying away well in today's episode of the Friday Fraudster, mm, executives at a cargo company are said to have cost them about $52 million in what they're calling a pervasive corruption case, a pervasive corruption case. I, um, 
so this is for the people out there who've had to use like charting software, like I2 analytics and things like that. I can't imagine what the chart looked like if they did it. And I'm sure they had to do it for a case this size, the amount of like collusion and moving parts and stuff like that. Um, I can't imagine. And you know what, what makes me think of, and I don't have it yet, even though I pre-ordered it. Um, Ray Baker, who dropped on my podcast last week, she is a maritime specialist, but she Ooh. has a graphic design background oh. and her charts. So she has this new book called Deep Dive. It drops May 9th, but you can pre-order it. And um, that a chart so incredibly important for a case like this. I mean, I used to do cases like this in customs and we had professional analysts do it and, you know, phone calls and money and like the chart must have been huge. Yeah, I imagine you would have to do some sort of flow chart just to figure out where the money went and who all was involved. Hey, so listen, we have a new listener, Michael Silviera. And apparently, now according to Stephanie, Stephanie wants to introduce us to Michael because he's a major find in the audit world and he's looking for new opportunities. So, you know, here's one thing I love about this show. We have the opportunity to just kind of shoot the breeze about fraud. We also have the opportunity to meet different people, connect people in the audience because I'm getting emails that a lot of people are connecting now and having business opportunities. I think that's great. But we also have the opportunity to help find audit professionals find work. So, so here's the deal. If you all like Michael and you find him and you pick him up, then Kelly and I told you about him. If, <laughs> if you don't like him, Stephanie told you about him. That was a bad joke. Michael. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, Michael, you're in you know Portland. Michael? You're oh. in Portland. I'm hitting connect and I'm going to say hi. Oh now, Jay is saying that Michael is uh, uh, welcome to pure awesomeness. Thank you for that, Jay. We try to be awesome over here. By, by the way, speaking of awesome, I'm just going to go on a whole nother tangent for just one second. Speaking of awesomeness, you got to check out my post, um, my recent post on LinkedIn. I'm going to actually drop it into the chat. It's all about awesomeness. Hold on for one second, my friends, as I catch my breath. I am whoo, winded over here. <clears throat> I'm going to drop it into the chat. Now, don't go look at it right now. Bookmark it or something. Look at it later. But it's all about awesomeness. You know what? I'm finally at a point where I've just become freaking overwhelmed trying to do a lot of stuff on this show. Hold on. I have up so many screens. I just lost one. There we go. All right. All right. Back to your regularly scheduled program here. Uh, now, Benita is saying, here to connect, learn, and network. Okay, okay. So back to the story, if I can find it amongst the sea of screens that I have open today. Okay, okay. Federal law enforcement officials arrested nine individuals in connection with a plot to defraud Polar Air Cargo. It's partially owned by express delivery giant DHL. And it's saying that over a decade, they've well taken, allegedly taken millions, approximately 52 million to be exact, um, from the company. So you're probably wondering, well, what in the world did they do and how in the world 
could they get that much money? They're saying that together, the executives who are also defendants. Um, hold on. Oh, man. Okay. I'm having Just, an interesting time today. Interestingly, who's going to say that they pay taxes on that stolen money? Ooh. 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 Yeah. Ooh. That that's going to be very interesting. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. Charging documents allege that the high-level polar employees received payments from third-party general sales agents, ground handlers involved in loading and unloading cargo, truck companies, and freight forwarders that bought cargo space on its aircraft. Now, Polar also contracted with forwarders to move shipments on other airline routes not serviced by Polar. The fraud involved at least 10 customers and vendors of the company. At least 10 customers or vendors of the company. There's a mastermind. It's a That's lot of people to keep track of yeah it doesn't say that it was did it it didn't say it was turned in by a tip but i'm just going with um uh it was turned in because if someone was disgruntled that's what i'm guessing now why would you say that kelly because with that many people someone's gonna get the short end of the stick and they're gonna get cranky that's Either they very... didn't get invited in or they got invited in and they realized they weren't making bank like the others. So, it, I mean, yeah, it just, uh, it had to be a tip. I'm put in the chat if you think it's a tip because I read through the whole article and I didn't see anything, you know, that said, yeah. So now... What they were doing is uh, a few things. They were, and I'm going to oversimplify this, but they were selling space on their cargo planes to different carriers at a discounted rate. And then for that discounted rate, they were getting kickbacks from allegedly getting kickbacks from some of their vendors and suppliers. Now, to Kelly's point about there being a tip, I'm looking for it right now, but I read in some of the documentation that I have these arguments that, well, this one argument that occurred between one of the executives and one of his alleged co-conspirators, where what they were saying was they communicated with one another via their personal emails with one another. But then the vendors, when they communicated officially to the company, they use their personal email addresses as well. And there's this conversation that I'm looking for. And I just lost. I had it bookmarked, but doggone it. But anyway, one of the co-conspirators was complaining to one of the executives about the rates that he was being charged. And the executive went back and said, listen, I am protecting all of us. And the co-conspirator, alleged co-conspirator, went back and said, well, basically, he said, you're not doing a good job <laughs> of it. So to Kelly's point, I am guessing 
that somebody was a little disgruntled and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here is what's happening. Here's what's happening. Or it could have been an audit because they are almost half owned by DHL. It could have been an audit, but I'm probably, you know, I'm thinking it's a tip. It could have been an audit. You're right. Because here's the thing. How in the world do you account for your kickbacks? Here's what they were doing. Here's how they did it. They had separate companies set up, some LLCs, some limited liability corporations, companies set up, and they were funneling the kickback payments through those companies. Now, they were saying that those companies had some really funky names, and I'm thinking they were so funky that they should have been a clue to someone based on what I'm reading. I didn't see the names of any of the companies, but they were saying that they were funneling the kickback money through shell companies that they had set up with funny names. So now you got use of personal email addresses. You've got email documentation back and forth where one person was apparently disgruntled. You have shell companies where the money was being funneled. Mm. That's why we need a big chart. Yeah, a huge chart. Now, <laughs> here's where it gets even crazier. One of the executives apparently had a dual role. He worked for Polar, but then also accepted another job with the parent company, and they allowed him to work both jobs simultaneously. God. Ay, ay, ay. Greed. Greed. And more greed. It is greed, but you know, Kelly, you've got me thinking because you you say something that typically, well, not typically, that usually ends up being true. Now, this is just speculation, but he had two roles, high-level executive roles at two companies, and he was allegedly committing a fraud scheme. Don't you think maybe he was making enough money? Well... You would think so, but greed, greed, greed. Um, I'm looking. Did you look him up on LinkedIn? He's got to be on LinkedIn. I did not. Oh, I'm looking him up. Someone look him up quickly. I did not look him hmm, up. No results on found. No results found for Polar. Oh. Well, mm. Kelly, I am guessing that he has one of those major life events occurring. Because you always tell us it's either marriage, divorce, death, something like that. One of those major life events. Now, Thomas says he must have had kids in sports. Wait. Oh, my God, you guys. This is so funny. Oh, I, this is so, so funny. This reminds me. So I'm standing in line to get on a plane in Mexico. Because notice I'm a little tan, guys. Um even though it's fading. Um, but we're standing in line and um, let's just say we're standing in the special line. And um, because it was vacation and my husband treats me well for vacation, <laughs> may he rest in peace, but I go nicely on vacation. And um, so my friend actually cut in front of this other guy and I was like, come on. And so we started talking and um, uh we started talking and it turns out she tells them 
that I'm the pink collar crime lady, his wife shows a picture of their 18 year old daughter on a horse, but it gets better than this. You guys, the, I think it was their daughter-in-law knew about Rita Cronwell and she knew about Melissa King's daughter, Laura King Kaplan. And she had ridden on Jessica Springsteen's horse and there she is. And she's just stunning. She's has a Chloe bag. She's got, she's dressed to the nines, man. And I'm like, nice purse. And she just like, it turned into like this pink collar crime, like comedy show because she was like her husband's there. He's got a Rolex on. She's hanging out with Jessica Springsteen and the horses. And and then the daughter who isn't there, they show a picture of her on a horse. And I was like, oh, dude, you got problems. <laughs> it was so funny. Sorry, that was a big tangent off of that. But um, you never know who you meet when you're in line. In a yeah. new in wow. maybe the special line. <laughs> <laughs> the extra special line. <laughs> extra special line. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Okay, so wait now. So why don't you why don't you tell everyone, you know, the 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 backstory behind looking at the purses and stuff like that? So yeah, I mean, it's the lifestyle. No one steals to save. And these people, I bet you in this story, um, and we're gonna have to like find out. Um more is like I'm gonna say that they had some maybe expensive lifestyle habits. And um uh yeah um I'm gonna say that they had some expensive lifestyle habits that they drive nice cars they live in a nice neighborhood you know all that sort of stuff and there's probably FOMO and keeping up with the Joneses. So does the lifestyle match the salary? So now, among the former polar executives indicted by the Justice Department is one named Lars Winklebauer. He was the chief operating officer for three years until July of 2021. He joined DHL from Polar in 2007. And in an unusual agreement, he was the one that they allowed to have dual positions at both companies from 2014 until 2018. He served as DHL's vice president for aviation and network planning in the Asia Pacific region and had a similar role at Polar. But then after leaving Polar, he also served as a consultant to a retail tycoon who unsuccessfully tried to launch the first all cargo airline in Vietnam. So, sounds like he was also trying to start a company that would have competed with his <laughs> current employer. It's, ha- so there's 370 employees on, um, 375 employees on um, LinkedIn for Polar Air Cargo. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So check this out. This executive that we were just talking about, though, he was arrested in Thailand and he's going to be extradited to the U.S., yeah. It's just, I mean, a gig like that, there's so much you have to keep track of. It's not like your garden variety pink collar crime. This is like a full on conspiracy. This is like a Rico conspiracy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, this isn't something that the, in no offense to local municipal cops, this is, this is what the feds do. 
This is, they've got analysts, they've got war rooms, they've got, this probably took a bit. Yeah, I still just wonder why. This dude had two jobs, then a third job, if you count the alleged fraud, and then a fourth job consulting with a tycoon. This is weird. Like, what is the motive behind it? What, uh, so yeah, but you're right. This is definitely the feds when you talk about extradition. But here's the thing, too. I don't think Hal is here today. One of the charges is Hal's favorite charge. Wire fraud. Yeah. Wire fraud. Yeah. All this is wire fraud. Yeah. I mean, they didn't charge him. I don't think they charged him with conspiracy. I'm pretty sure. Not that I could tell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. Here. Let's see. Let's see. Um, yeah, pervasive corruption in nearly every aspect of companies' operations. So let's just say that. Um, uh, okay, so there's FBI, there's IRS. Um, <laughs> Loris Winkelbauer. Oh my God, that I I'd probably steal if I had that name. Um, okay, okay. So Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. Count one against them is conspiracy to commit wire fraud. <laughs> and sorry, sorry, I had to. And honest services wire fraud. Do you know what that is, Kelly? Oh, I don't know the technical difference of it. Um, I think it has to do with legal. Uh, um. Mm. There, it's as a technical uh, services. So I'm going to cheat. And under the federal statute, 18 USC 1346, I sound professional, don't I? It is a scheme to defraud another of intangible right to honest services using a scheme to violate a a fiduciary. Fiduciary. Thank you. Duty by bribery or kickbacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they, I don't think they actually use it very often. I think, um, okay. You have to have the fiduciary duty is owed. They knowingly devised or participated in a scheme to defraud. They did so with the intent to defraud and materially false or far fraudulent pretense, representation, or promise. Um, so, yeah, it's not like your regular sort of embezzlement. Yeah. Now, count four was conspiracy to commit money laundering. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So now, this one to me was pretty interesting because what you had was several executives high up in the organization conspiring to actually, well, make money by offering discounted rates with a kickback payment paid to several shell companies that they created. They communicated via email, personal email accounts, and there's even emails showing that one of the participants was a tad bit disgruntled about what was happening. To the tune of uh, ten, uh, twenty to thirty million dollars over the span of a decade. Yeah. 
Ah, let's see. Hold on. We've got somebody that has looked it up as well. I'm guessing that must be Stephanie, but I'm trying to get to my my window. Oh, no, that's Carol. Carol said, hey, Carol, good to see you. Carol said that uh, in the summer of 2021, Polar discovered documentary evidence of a conflicted ownership arrangements and kickback agreements. Shortly thereafter, Polar terminated the employment of Winklebauer and a few other people and reported the conduct to law enforcement authorities. Polar has continued to cooperate with law enforcement. Wow. Wow. So that's how they got it, Kelly. They discovered the, the conflict of interest. Carol, I don't know how you found that, but I researched and researched and couldn't find it. She probably did one Google search and it popped yeah. right up. I actually have uh, the indictment and all kinds of documentation. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't find the how. Jay says a tad bit. Wow. Yeah, yeah just a tad, <laughs> tad bit. Um, what's interesting here, and I don't know, there might be one woman but they're all men. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Men do not, there, there's a thing. And I used to have a slide of this that um, uh, the mafia is very much like the, um, a boardroom male, pale and stale. And, <laughs> and women don't like, and there's a professor, um, Steffensmeyer, Daryl Steffensmeyer, who did a study that showed that women don't profit, especially in out in schemes like this. They don't profit. There, it's kind of, and he he likens it to the mafia. Like you have the girlfriend who, like you know, runs the drugs for you or something, but she doesn't really profit. And this is like it's a bunch of I'm going to say probably well higher ups, senior executives of Polar. And they didn't bring a woman in because there probably aren't a lot of women executives. Now, Carol says she she found it on the U.S. Department of Justice's website. Yeah, I was on there, too. I probably just overlooked it. One other thing that I did see, though, was the individual that was disgruntled and having the email exchange with the executive at Polar. One thing that he said that struck me as interesting is he said, listen, we have been supporting you in this for years. And our company is about to go bankrupt. So they had been doing so much undercutting that they were almost about to run one of their vendors out of business. <laughs> uh, yeah. Data analytics probably would have been really helpful. That's what I'm thinking because your, your uh, uh, fee per poundage, however you weighed it out, had to have dropped along with your revenue. Uh, I mean, it's how they figure their profits. Yeah. Like, we want a bunch of this. We don't want a bunch of this. And, like, the data analytics shows it. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it was old so school. Maybe they're doing it on, you know, abacuses. <laughs> you know, you know. here's something that's real interesting. So, um, ooh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, I was working for Deloitte. And one of my clients was um, <clears throat> one of the oil and gas companies, one of the big ones, but it was their airline division. And so what they were doing was they were allowing pilots to fill up the pump at uh, regional airports. Now, 
we had some issues. And one of the reasons they brought us in, which we figured out was they were still accounting for purchases using a three-part form and one part wouldn't make it back. And so that was causing a few problems. I won't say which oil company it was, but uh, that was really, really, really interesting to see. Cause I walked in and I was like, so I asked one simple question. How are we accounting for the purchases? And they went through this long explanation and I was sitting there like, this is too much. Like what? And then they said, and then somebody finally pulled out the three part form and said, this is what we have. And my eyes just got real big. And I was like, oh, okay. So, (laughs) Yeah. To your point. Data analytics, especially in 2023. Yeah. Data analytics. All right. All right. So, so thank you all for joining us on episode number 103. Sometimes profits just fly away. Sometimes (laughs) profits just fly away. All right. Kelly, we'll see you next time. Everybody else, we'll see you next time. We don't have the fancy outro music this week, you guys. Long story. Maybe I'll tell you guys the whole story one day. So we're just going to say goodbye.